Are you ready to be fed this morning? I am so excited about what God's going to share with us this morning. And uh, I'm always excited, but then every now and then I get really, really excited about what God's going to do. And so uh, this morning, I want our hearts to just be um, just be engaged with faith. I want us to have an attitude of, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Make that your heart cry. In fact, say that with me. Lord, speak to me. Let's say it together. Again, Lord, speak to me. One more time. Lord, speak to me. Now, that is going to be important because I believe that what we're going to share with you this morning is going to change your life. If you apply this principle, it will change every aspect of your life. So why don't we open in a word of prayer and then we will prepare for the word. Father, we just thank you so much. Dear God, I thank you, Father God, that you're here this morning. Father God, you said where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. And so, Father, we are asking this morning that you would talk to us. Lord, that you would give us understanding, Lord, and wisdom to understand, Father God, the principles of the kingdom of God. And how they work in our lives and how that when we work the principles, they will work for us. Because the kingdom is everlasting. It's an everlasting kingdom. And it will never end. So, God, we pray this morning. I pray that I would decrease. Your spirit in me would increase. Take these lips of clay, Lord God, and do only what you can do. Talk to the hearts of your people, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter number 6 if you have your Bible. If you need one, the usher will give you one. Matthew chapter number 6. And we'll begin reading in verse number 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon and all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first, watch this, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now, this morning, this is the fourth part of our series, and we've been talking about principles. We've been extrapolating certain principles from the word of God, and we have really been examining them each and every week. This is part four. And today we're going to be talking about seed time and harvest. Now, right off the bat, I know that when I say seed time and harvest, the temptation is to only think about money. But we're going to go way beyond that because seed time and harvest is not just about money. Seed time and harvest affects every area of your life. It affects every area of your life. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 8 that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always remain. It will always be here. It is a principle that God has established in the earth. The principle of seed time and harvest. So we must understand that whether it's emotionally, whether it's financially, whether it's socially, seed time and harvest affects all of that. Every aspect of your life. It's important that we understand that. 
Now, as it relates to seed time and harvest, because we're kingdom people, we're talking about the kingdom of God. So as it relates to seed time and harvest, what we must understand that as it relates to this passage of scripture, where he talks about how that we should seek first the kingdom of God. This is extremely important if we're going to understand seed time and harvest. Because there are many people that are doing many things today, but for some reason, even some believers, they are not prospering the way that they should be because they're not prioritizing the kingdom of God. Now, if we're going to really benefit from seed time and harvest, watch this, we got to understand that the kingdom of God is paramount and tantamount to everything that we do. It is all about the kingdom. Everything that we do is about the kingdom. In fact, the reason that I love my wife the way I love my wife is why? Because it advances the cause of the kingdom. The reason why we work so hard to raise godly children is why? Because we are advancing the cause of the kingdom. The reason why I want God to promote me on a job so that I can make money, why? So that I can promote the kingdom of God. In fact, everything that we do, it is all about the kingdom of God. Everything is about the kingdom. And if we're going to understand seed, time, and harvest, this is a principle that we must understand. That it's all about the kingdom. Every aspect of your life, that the kingdom of God must be the driving force behind everything that we do. Because then and only then will seed, time, and harvest work as God means for it to work. And the problem is that there's so many of us sometimes, we get so locked down into just me and mine. And how many know that anytime we're locked down into that, God is not in that. God is not into the me thing. How many of you know, understand that? God is all about his kingdom. So the more that I invest my life into other people, the more that I sacrifice for the cause of the kingdom, the more that's on my mind that I'm thinking about the advancement of the kingdom of God, I set myself up to be blessed by God. Because he says here in the scriptures, he says that, he says, look, why are you worried about all the other stuff that everybody else is worried about? What is everybody else worried about? The next big car, right? The next big house. How much money are we going to make? Everybody, the Bible says unbelievers, Gentiles, that's what they're seeking. That's what they're living for. But what he says about us? He says, but, no, but you seek first what? The kingdom. And then here's the promise. All this stuff will be added to you. See, we're trying to get all this stuff without first what? Seeking first the kingdom. And God has given us, listen, God has given us the recipe for success. How many of you want to be blessed? Every one of us want to be blessed by God. You want God to bless you financially, relationally, socially, in every aspect of your life. All of us want blessing. All of us want the favor of God. You know, we go to churches and we hear preachers, they talk about the favor of God and how God want to bless you with things. Yeah, God wants to bless you, but how do you get there? It is by prioritizing the kingdom. Young people, hear me well. As you live your life, you live your life, you prioritize God. If you put the kingdom of God first, you will succeed in your life. Because God says, I'm going to make sure that everything else will be added to you. Why? Because you're prioritizing the kingdom of God. And when you prioritize the kingdom, there is nothing God won't withhold from you. Why? Because he knows that somehow that you're going to invest it back into the kingdom. So every time you invest into the kingdom, there's that boomerang effect. It comes right back to you. Every time you invest, there's a boomerang effect. Like, like yesterday, we was all washing cars. How many know that we could have been doing some other things on Saturday morning? Hallelujah. But we went out there, we washed cars, and what were you doing? You were sowing into the kingdom. You, we were sowing into something because we are believing God for a harvest, and we're prioritizing the kingdom. And the question God has for us this morning is, what's number one priority in your life? What's number one priority in your life? Because God says, if the kingdom of God is number one priority, then I will make sure that everything else is taken care of. Now, what happens to us when the kingdom of God, let's say with the principle of sowing and reaping, is not working? Because I mean, the Bible says whatever you sow, you're supposed to reap. Come on, right? That's what the Bible says. See, it starts with being addicted to the kingdom of God. Now, I I keep saying that because I want you to get that. Because if you can get this principle, I guarantee you, you're going to be blessed. I guarantee you there will be no good thing will God withhold from them to walk uprightly because I understand the the principle of sowing and reaping. 
And so if you're serious about being blessed, I'm talking to the serious Christians this morning. If you're serious about being blessed, then here's what you're going to say. You're going to say, Pastor, I'm going to make the kingdom of God first. Everything I do, this is going to be the driving force behind what I do. Turn to the book of Haggai with me for a moment. Haggai. It's right, you know, this is one of them books. Everybody know where they are, right? You know where that book is. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. I'm going to see how quick you can get there. Five. Four, hallelujah. Come on, come on, we're there, come on. The plane is about to land, hallelujah. <laughs> Haggai chapter number one. Now, understand this thing. Now, I want you to keep in mind, we're talking about seed time and harvest. Now, we, t- we said a moment ago that when you sow, you're supposed to do what? Reap what you sow. But here is a situation where it's not working right. And, and, and it's going to go back to this thing, Larry, Brother Larry. It's going to go back to this thing of not prioritizing the kingdom. Now, watch it. Look at Haggai chapter number one. He says, now, look at verse number four. We'll start there. He says, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? The temple, he's talking about the house of God. He says, now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts. Watch this. Consider your ways. Watch this now. He says, you have sown much, all right? In other words, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I'm trying to take care of my family. I mean, I'm paying my bills. I'm I'm doing all these things I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I've been sowing, but what's the problem? He says, you have sown much, but you bring in little. You eat, but do not have what? Enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. Watch this. And he who earned wages, earned wages to put into a bag with holes. How many of you ever been there? Feel like all the money that you're getting, all the it seems like, you know, I make $100,000 a year, but it seems like I'm only making 10 or 15 because I don't know where it's going. Watch what God is saying. Listen to this thing. Listen, he says now, verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, you looked for much, watch this, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Here's the explanation. Because of my house that is in ruins, every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew. And the earth withhold its fruit, for I call for a drought on the land and on the mountains, on the grain and on the new wine and on the oil, on whatsoever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. So here God is telling them what the issue is. Now, they said, well, I've been sowing. I've been doing, I mean, I'm just trying to do the right thing. But, 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 but what is the problem? God says, Everybody is running to his own house. In other words, they were neglecting the kingdom of God, the temple of God. Now, in the the kingdom of God, we must understand this. When we think of house, most folks think of what? Building. They think of a structure. We think of temple. But the Bible declares that we are living stones. In other words, that we are the house of God. And what he's, so you need to look at it in that context. And so what he is saying here is that the reason why that you've been sowing and the reason why all of these things, you've been doing all this stuff, but it seems like you're not able to get ahead. He said, watch this, because you have neglected my house, the kingdom. You have neglected the thing that is important to me. In other words, what happened here is the kingdom of God was not priority. And because of the kingdom of God not being priority, the principle of sowing and reaping did not work. How do I know it did not work? Because God said this. Listen, God said, because when you brought stuff home, I blew on it. Now, here we are. We cursing the devil. Oh, Satan, I rebuke you. God says, no, I blew on it. God says, I, I, I blew on this thing. I was the one that was behind this. Why? Because the kingdom is not priority. It's about kingdom priority. Is what this whole thing is about. So, if, so understand this. If we're really going to benefit from the, from the uh, understanding of sowing and reaping, we got to make the kingdom priority. See, God will entrust to you a whole lot of stuff if we prioritize the kingdom. 
Why, a lot of folk want God to bless them, but the question is, when God bless you with an overflow, what are we going to do with it? What do we do with when God blesses us? Some of us, if we're wise, we'll figure out a way to invest it back into the kingdom some kind of way. But a lot of folks think of, oh, man, I just want to get more, 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 more for myself. And not really thinking about the kingdom. And then sitting back saying, why ain't I blessed? It's about the kingdom. If you live the rest of your life thinking this way, I want to make sure I put God first. That's why we have our kids come to church on Sunday, right? That's why we, sit, that's why we come here. What are we trying to teach? Put God first. Put God first. In fact, put him first in every area of your life. We can, tell, you know, we can send our kids to college. We can tell them to get a great education, make a lot of money. But if they don't prioritize the kingdom of God, they will not really succeed. I mean, no, it's a tragedy to live your whole life, to do all of that, and, and still don't, don't prosper as God would have us to prosper. Still lost because we're thinking somehow that the accumulation of things is all the blessing of God. And I believe that's why you can have, you see, God wants us healthy, not in just things. Watch this. God wants us healthy in every aspect of our life. In other words, you know, you can be, for example, Michael Jackson, right? Because everybody knows who Michael Jackson is. Michael Jackson was a rich man. Very, very wealthy. But those who were close to him says that he was a very unhappy man. But for some reason, the enemy tells us, if I can make a lot of resources and this kind of money, I will be happy. Well, look at the examples before us. There are a lot of people with money. So, so watch. He's loaded on this end, a lot of money. But in his relationships and everything, he's unhappy. So ask me, so answer, me, so answer me this. Do you think that he was living, even though he had all that money, that he was a really happy man, that he was fulfilled? No, no. He had a lot of issues, and I, and I, get, I can guarantee, and I don't know anything about his personal life, but I have to wonder whether or not the kingdom of God was priority. Because when the kingdom of God is priority, it, it, it trickles down in every aspect. So I want to be healthy. I, want, I don't want to just have a lot of money. So I want to have a good relationship, glory to God. I want me and my wife to be hooked up and yoked up. But I want us to be on the same page. I want, to, I want to be healthy. I want my soul and my spirit to be healthy. I want to be at peace in the day. I want to be at peace at night. I want to be excited about life. And God, as we have said over and over again, Jesus says that he came that you might have life abundantly. How many know he ain't trying to take stuff from you? God wants to bless you with stuff. Did we not just read what he said in Malachi? He said, oh, he said, look, test me and prove me with this, and I'm going to open up the windows and bless you. To, you know, it's not even enough room to receive. Glory to God. So God is, God is for us. God is for us. But we got to understand this thing. Um, turn with me to Luke chapter number 8. And we're talking about seed time and harvest. Everything, in, everything starts with a seed. Everything about the kingdom of God starts with a seed. The Bible says, he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Everything starts with a seed. God has established that principle. Now, Luke chapter number 8. And before I read this scripture, I want, I want you to catch, get this picture. Because I wanted to have a big bag of seed. But I didn't have time to get a bag of seed. But I want you to see this book, right? Most people, what do you think about this book? When you see this book, give me some things you think about this book. Go. What is this book? Holy, okay. What do you think about it? Full of knowledge. What do you think? True. What do you think? Anybody? Value, okay. What do you think? Okay. And it's all of that. But have you ever looked at the book as a bag of seed? I'm going to let that settle in for a second. A bag of seed. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Why are you calling the Bible seed? It is seed. Watch. Look at Luke chapter number 8. Watch this. I'm glad y'all asked. Y'all so excited this morning. I'm glad y'all talking to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Luke chapter 8, verse 4. And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, and I'm going to skip for time's sake. I'm not going to read every single thing. He spoke by a parable, and he said this, a sower went out to sow his seed. Watch this. And he sowed some. Some fell by the wayside, and it trampled, 
down, and birds on the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and it sprang up, uh, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground and sprang up and yielded crop a hundredfold. Now look at verse number 11. Let's jump over there. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the what? Word of God. What is the seed? What is the seed? So what, is, what, I, what did we say this was? Bag of seed. The seed is the word of God. And understand that. This is the seed. Now, what do you do with seed? Why? Right, so it can grow. But look, look, look at this. I want you to look at this. Those, watch this, verse 12. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, take away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. But these have no root, who believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, they what? Fall away. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures uh, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So understand this. So then here it is that you have the word, which is a seed, the word has in several instances, he talked about the word uh, uh, that falls by the wayside, the word that falls on a rock, the word that falls on thorns or among thorns. Basically, he's saying that it was not, it was not good soil. So, uh, you know, for an example, I as a preacher, I am standing up here this morning. I am sowing seed. I'm throwing out seed. And sometimes I can tell whether or not the seed is taking root. I can tell sometimes by the expression on your face. I can tell sometimes by a whole lot of other things, but I can tell sometimes that when seed is being sown, then whether or not it's falling on the wayside or whether or not it's falling among thorns or on a rock. Because if it's falling on good ground, good ground, I want, here's what I want you to think about. Good ground means what? Your heart. See? He said, because he says in verse number uh, 15, the ones that fell on good ground are those who have heard the word with a noble and what? A good heart. They keep it and they bear fruit. So then, now, we said that the word of God is a seed. So then, if the, when the word of God is only effective in our lives when we what? Plant it into our heart, that when we plant it into our heart, it will spring up and bring up the nature of the seed, which is a life in the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? So then if the seed is sitting in the garage, like I got a bunch of grass seed that I haven't planted yet, that grass seed ain't going to do nothing for me as long as the grass seed is in the garage. But the minute that I decide to take the grass seed and to go put it on into the ground and water it, then I got a chance that that grass seed is going to grow up and I'm going to get some what? Grass. Because I'm planting the seed. The word of God is a seed. You know, you can come to church week after week, and, you know, this is where you hear, you hear the people that go to church for 20 years versus a person. Um, Brother Lai, come here for a second. Give me, give, give me, I want to get some, uh, come here, young man, come here, come here for a second. All right, now, I want you to hold the Bible. Get, get, the, get the book. Hold the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Young man, come on, come on up here. Now, now, I want you to act, I want you to read that Bible. Okay? Just start reading. Let's open it up and read. Don't read it. Don't, don't read it to yourself. Just read it. Act like you're reading. Okay, he's reading. All right. Now, Brother Larry, I want you to stand up there and act like you just want to go home and get some chicken. Okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah? He want to go home and get some chicken. Now, what is he doing? He's standing up here. He's reading the word. They're both in the same place, right? But you can tell probably, now not just, but hopefully you ain't just reading the book, but you, but now, smile. Get excited. Act excited. Come on. Reading. Do like this. Like you're really excited. Come on. Do that. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so he's excited about, he's, he's reading that word. He's excited. So chances are what? That word is getting down into here. And when that word get down into here, it's going to bring what? Fruit. So he's going to begin to live out. This Bible is going to become flesh in him, but it will not get flesh in him until he what? Plant it into his heart. Now, Brother Larry can stay here and he can hear the word. 
But if, if, if it's not getting into here, how many, how, how many you know that it ain't nothing going to happen? He is not going to live out the nature of the word because why? The seed never got down in here. So there has to be soil, good soil, whereby the word of God got to get in here. So it's not good. It, it's, it's, well, you just can't come to church and sit and look and stare. How many know what I'm talking about? You got to come to church and say, okay, I'm going to open up my heart. That's why I said earlier, you got to say this, Lord, speak to me. I open my heart and pour into me this seed so then I can begin to manifest. Don't tell me how much you know. Tell me how much you grow. Let me see what's coming out of your life will tell me where we are with God, whether or not we're, making, we're, getting, we're getting ahead. You know what I'm saying? So that, thank you very much, guys. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. That's a good job. And we didn't tear up anything this week. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's okay, brother. So, so then, so we understand how we understand then how the seed time and harvest work, right? So then, you understand the difference between a mature Christian and one that's not is whether or not they're letting the seed, this seed right here, get down into their spirit. So, so that's 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 the mark of maturity right there. Am I receiving? Is this or, or is this thing falling on a rock? Is it falling on good ground? Hallelujah. Because if it's falling on good ground, now I can begin to become like this book and I can begin to live this thing out. It's going to spring up. Now, let's talk about a little bit about a farm. How many of you like to farm? You know, any farmers in the house? No farmers. I grew up in the country. So I was forced to go out in the fields and work in the hot fields. Y'all don't know, do y'all know anything about that? Hey, your brother over here knows. Do y'all, my kids don't know, they don't know nothing about that. I, I didn't have a choice. Get on the back of the truck, we go into the field, and we were out there all day. It was hot. I was, when I, I cried for something to drink, it seemed like it took forever for it to get to me because it was all about the field. It was all about sowing. It was all about just making sure that we were doing what we were supposed to do, and a lot of time I did not enjoy it. Kids nowadays, we all want to do, sit at home, Give me some of that air conditioner, and I'm good to go. But back in the day, brother, I know what I'm talking about. We'd be out there, brother, hot, tired, and hungry. In fact, you know how I used to get my lunch? What do y'all do when y'all want lunch? Go in the kitchen, right? Brother, I was out there on the, air, on the apple trees and the pear trees. I got my lunch outdoors, glory to God. Found myself a peace tree. Find myself some grapes, Brother Larry. And I, that was my lunch. I ate outside, and every now and then I would eat some leaves. There were certain leaves. I used to call them pickle leaves because they used to taste nice and bitter like, like, like a pickle. And now, I don't even know what kind of leaf that was, but Brother Larry, I would go out there all the time, and I would eat these leaves. I would just say, huh, man, these are good leaves. And I would make myself a sandwich. That's how it was back in the field. But a couple of things about a farmer you got to understand about a farmer. First of all, there are five things. Five things I want you to jot these down about a farmer as it relates to sowing. Now, when a farmer sows, the first thing is what? He doesn't expect instant results. When a farmer sows, he doesn't expect instant results. I'll put it to you this way. When, when I was coming up, and I used to see these folks, and they, they would plant, you know, seed. And they did not plant the seed and then get up the next day, run back out there and say, oh, God, did nothing come up. Uh, we'll take it. it. I mean, I just planted it yesterday. Nothing came up. When a farmer plants seed, you know what he knows? It may take a few weeks, right? He already knows that this seed ain't coming up right away. You know, sometimes we sow the word of God. We sow a seed of healing. You know, we sow a seed or whatever. We sow the word of God, and we expect a lot of time. Or let's say we, we sow a seed of tithing. Well, okay, this week, Lord, I'm believing under the pastor said, so I'm going to give a lot. I'm going to sow big, and I'm going to see what happens. And then all of a sudden, you know, you don't get that big return quick enough. What's the first thing you do? Well, it, tithing ain't working for me. I know the pastor said, get, but I got, this thing ain't working for me. Why? Because we're expecting what? Instant results. We are a what? Microwave society, you heard me say it over and over again. But we don't serve a microwave God. God never operates on our time frame. He always operates on his own schedule, right? We understand that. So then, I, so here's the first principle we got to understand, that when we sow, 
we cannot expect a lot of time to get instant results. Sometimes the Bible says that you will reap in due season. Due season could be a week. It could be an hour. It could be a week. It could be a month. It can be years. But here's the principle. That if you're not weary, that in due season, at the right time, at the proper time, you shall reap. But what, what we do is we get a little bit frustrated because, God, it did not happen quick enough. And a farmer knows that when he, you know, that when he plants, he ain't out there, you know, speaking in tongues. Oh, da, 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 da. oh God, what happened to the seed? I don't see anything springing up. No, he knows. I'm going to have to wait for this. I know I planted it yesterday. But I'm going to have to wait. It's going to take a while for this thing to spring up. Glory to God. But, but you know what? Every farmer that I ever knew, they never said that. They, they, don't, they don't plant and then say, I wonder if anything going to come up. Every farmer that I ever knew, they plant. And you know what they think? It's coming up. They don't even worry about it. They don't worry about nothing. I know I planted that seed in the ground. I know I'm going to get a harvest. That's the way the people of God should be thinking. I know I sowed the word of God. I know I planted this thing in my heart. I know then that I'm going to get a harvest from what I sowed. No doubt in your mind. That's the way God wants us to think. The Bible says in James 5, 7, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it received the early and the latter rain. Number two, a farmer knows that he has to sow in good soil. He has to sow. If you want something to plant, how many know you got to be careful where you plant? I remember years ago I had somebody tell me at this church, I was, I was a leader at this church, and I was told that I needed to go disciple this person. They said, oh, you need to disciple this man. And so I would call him up. Brother was always ducking. Mm, could never find him. Brother, hey, we saw the hookup. Uh, you know. Always, could never get them. Finally, I went back to the pastor. I said, I said I'm trying to sow into this brother, but, you know, he, he, he's not there yet. In other words, and then the time that I did have him with me, it was like I was planting the seed, but guess what was happening? The soil, wasn't, he wasn't ready. He just kept rejecting it. It's like kind of standing out there yesterday in the car wash. You know, some of the folks would look at you, and they look at you like you crazy. Like, <laughs> Why are you going to don't, you know, I'm just trying to wash your car, brother. I ain't trying to, you know, some folks, I mean, I'm looking at my wife. Some of these people are just mean. I mean, you, they drive, you out there trying to do a service, and they look at you like, and I'm like, what's up with you? How many know that that soil ain't good at the moment? You try to spread some seed right there, it's probably going to fall on good ground. But a farmer knows, and he's careful about where he sows. So how many know you just can't go so anywhere and expect that there's going to be a harvest? And so we need to be careful about what we sow. And sometimes we need to understand that there's some folks, no matter how much you talk to them, that the, the soil ain't ready yet. You just got to keep believing and keep waiting that one day perhaps the seed will take root, it will fall in there, and it will spring up. Number three, the farmer knows, he believes, that he is going to get back into proportion or get back in proportion to how he sows. The farmer knows that when he sows, that he's going to get back in proportion to how much he sows. Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. And this is the part where we talk about money a little bit, but it's not just relating to money. But this scripture in this context is talking about that. But look at this. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, we'll start in verse number 6. He says in verse 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? Sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap what? Bountifully. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a what? Cheerful giver. And God is able. I love this. Oh, I love this. Hallelujah. God is able. To make all grace abound toward you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things. How many just want to be sufficient, that you will not just want to have enough to meet your own needs, but you want to be able to meet some other folks' needs too? Boy, that's when you know you're blessing. When your family come knocking on your door. <laughs> Can I get some money? Okay, y'all keep on living. You know what I'm talking about. They might have an abundance for every good work. 
As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now look at this. I want you to think about this for a minute. Remember we talked about seed time and harvest, right? That everything begins with a seed. Here's what the farmer understands. Let's say a farmer has 100 acres. And that wasn't uncommon for where I grew up at. I mean, people have hundreds and hundreds of acres of land. Now, if the farmer, normally they want a big harvest, right? Farmers don't want little harvest. <clears throat> now, let's say that farmer gets some seed, right? And he put down enough seed that will cover 50 acres out of the 100 acres. Let me ask you a question. What is he going to expect? Where is he going to expect seed to grow at? How about, there, there you go, the 50 acres that he what? Planted seed. He already knows that because he already knows I haven't planted the other 50. So he don't even, the other 50, he ain't even messing with that because I, I haven't planted any seed over there. But I planted over here, so I am expecting a harvest. Right? So sometimes as believers, here's what we do. We, 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 we plant, but then we expect to somehow that we can plant a little and get a lot back. The Bible says that he that sows sparingly, how are you going to reap? Sparingly. You, he that sows bountifully, how are you going to reap? Bountifully. So then, this thing, it rests upon us. We determine the amount of how the harvest is going to shape up. Now, the Bible says God loves to cheer forgiver. What are you saying? Well, Pastor, well, well, I can give a little bit. And look, God loves to cheer forgiver simply means that God will bless your giving. When anything you give to God out of a good heart, know one thing that is blessed. Because you're giving it with the right heart, you're giving it with the right spirit. But that doesn't determine the amount of the harvest. What determines the amount of the harvest is how much we sow. How much seed that we sow into the ground. That determines the harvest. And so, well, I never understood Christians that are always trying to figure out a way to give less. I never understood that. I'm a, you know, I get frustrated. If you love God, you get frustrated if you don't have more to give to God. I mean, sometimes I look at my year-end statement. And, I, you know, we always have these couple things that pop up, right? Like emergency, like you lose your job, or you have, your, roof, your roof got, you know, one, I was in my bedroom one time and water coming through my roof. I'm like, oh, God, you know, because you know that ain't going to be a cheap task, right? I got to repair my roof. But, you know, every year I look at my year-end statement, I think to myself, man, I need to do better than that. And when I, if I gave less the year before, I get mad about it. I get mad about it because, I, I listen, I'm expecting a big harvest, and, and I'm mad about it. Why? Because I want to give God more because I know I cannot outgive God. Honestly, you cannot outgive God. And when you come to a place and people get, that's why I don't get hung up on, oh, you just tithe. It's not about the tithe. It's bigger than that. I want to be blessed so much that one day that I can give away 30 to 40% of my money into the kingdom. How many of you have ever prayed that? Lord, bless me so that I can not only give 10%, but I want to give 30, 40, 50% of my money into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he says, you seek first the kingdom, what? It's going to boomerang back to you. Tell me who God would bless you if you and I are willing to come to a place in the kingdom where we say, okay, God, instead of getting upset about, Lord, I'm going to figure out a way to bless. I'm going to give as much as I possibly can. That's why I tell you, even though sometimes we don't feel like it, act happy. Get happy about giving to the kingdom. Why? Because I'm, look, this is an opportunity for me to receive a blessing. By the amount of resources that I sow. And so we don't want you just sowing just to be sowing. We want you to understand that there's a principle in giving, that there's a blessing that comes back. My wife and I have been married now for 18 years. We started 19. I got it right. Hallelujah. Because would y'all told on me? Okay. And it's been tough. I, I make no bones about it. Let me tell you something. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I find myself getting away, you know, $400 check, $500 check, $600. And I'm sitting myself thinking to myself, boy, you know, and I'm thinking about all the responsibility. But I can stand before you here, right here today and tell you that I have not lacked. God has taken care of us. It hasn't always been easy. But one thing I've done, I prioritize the kingdom. So if I prioritize the kingdom, guess what? Ain't nothing, nothing can happen to me. God's going to make sure that I'm taken care of. You know why? Because he said it. And if this word is true, I got to believe it. 
I mean, I'm going to put this. I told, somebody told me a long time ago, what took you so long coming? I didn't get saved until I was 25. I grew up in a church from a little kid. From the time I was born, my mom had me in church. But I did not, I couldn't deal with church folk. Couldn't deal with church folk. Because all I saw, it was a show. Everybody was talking, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Woo, fame passing out. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then I would see them going back out in the community, committing crime, committing adultery, stealing, lying, cheating, doing everything. I'm like, well, what's all this stuff in it? So to me, it was a big show. It was just like something to do. So for a long time, I said, I don't want nothing to do with you. I can find other stuff to do. I don't need to be just coming up in here on Sunday. Well, come on now. I, I can find something to do in my life. So I've always been one of those that, if this thing is real, let's put God to the test. How many of you say, would you say believe this book? Cover to cover. Put it to the test. If you read what God said, I challenge you. In fact, not I, but put the seed to the test. Let this thing sow it into your heart. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to put, and I'm not talking about being stupid. You know how some people say be stupid, you know, don't pay your mortgage and don't pay nobody you owe them. Come on now. Look, look, don't be stupid. Be wise. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, y'all know I'm not calling you stupid, right? You know, the president had this big thing all the week talking about this Gates thing. Look, I ain't calling nobody stupid, but look, don't be stupid. But look, figure out a way to give as much as you can to God. Figure Why? Because you're going to receive back according to how you sow into the kingdom. That's, that's this whole thing. Because God can trust you. You know why? God can trust you because God is saying, I know that if I give them a lot, they're going to keep it. If the kingdom of God is priority, where's your resources going anywhere? If the, where, where are your resources going to go if the kingdom of God is priority? Back into the kingdom. So God can trust you. Some folk, God can't trust everybody rich. Some folk, people, God just can't trust you with a lot of riches. Because you would just go and just mess it up. Like the prodigal son last week, you talked about the prodigal son. The boy got his inheritance. Dad, give my stuff. Give it up. Give it up, Pop. Give it up. Boy got his stuff. He was gone. <laughs> he said, I'll see you. I'm out of here. He went out and partied. Came back broke, busted, and disgusted. Had nothing. Had nothing. You know why he had nothing? Because the kingdom of God wasn't priority. So if you can get this thing, if, if you don't get nothing else I say today, walk out here thinking, I got to make the kingdom of God a priority. If everything I'm doing is somehow I can tie it back into the kingdom, then I set myself up to be blessed. Everything begins with a, with a seed. Now watch this. Was that, was that number three? Okay, number four. The farmer, we said five, number four, he protects the seed that was sown. Have you noticed sometimes when you sow seed that the birds want to get it, right? And the pests and, you know, and all this, all this stuff. And, but when the farmer sows seed, he protects his seed. He protects it. He makes sure, he, he keeps what? Watering the, the soil. Why? Because I got to keep the soil nice and loose. So then what? I want this seed, I want this thing to grow that I planted. You may be saying, well, you know, pastor, I keep, I've done it, I've done it. It's just, here's what you do. You keep at it. Keep watering your seed. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Keep trusting God. Don't stop believing God, no matter what it looked like. That's why the Bible says you walk by faith and not by sight. There's a reason why he said that. Why would you think the Bible says you walk by faith and not by sight? Because he knows that sometimes what you look at is going to be very <laughs> discouraging. <laughs> he knows that what you look at sometimes with your natural eye is going to look very, very discouraging to you. So he says, you walk by faith, walk not by sight. I can tell you right now, if I didn't walk by faith, if I was walking by what I see, I would, have, I would have folded this church a long time ago. <laughs> I'm walking by faith. Not by what I see, by faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. That's how we live. And so he, he protects that seed. You, you, you don't go back and dig the seed up. <laughs> how, many know, how many farmers you know that plant a seed and they go back and dig it up? Right. Why would you do that? That's stupid. Some of us sometimes do that. Well, you know, God, I planted, but I ain't. I laid this aside, but no, I changed. I had to change a heart. In due season, you will reap if you don't faint. Number five, the sower or the farmer, he expects to get what he has sown. Now, this is important. He expects to get back exactly what he has sown. Now, watch this. (laughs) 
She don't love me. She hates me. She don't treat me right. They have no respect for me. Here's the question. How are you treating them? You know, the Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath, right? Okay, watch this. Now, I love, I pride, now, let me, let me, let me do this. I'm going to do this very carefully because I don't want to, but let's say, take the, everybody familiar with that situation that happened in, I guess, Massachusetts with the, this Henry Gates guy that supposedly uh, got arrested by the police officer. Everybody knows that's all over the news, right? Now, I don't know what happened there, so I don't have any comment on that. But I do want to say this. I was thinking of this. One of the things I've always been able to pride myself with, and I've noticed over the years, you remember I talked about the seed, how you got to sow the seed and it works? It really does work when you sow it. I always pride myself in being able to look into a situation. My wife would tell you, yeah, I don't get involved in yelling. You, you'll never hear my, me and my wife yelling and screaming. I just thought, hey, that ain't me. So when I, when I go on a scene as a policeman, I've always proud myself to be able to defuse a situation. You know, and so now, I had people call me all kinds of names, names that I could not say back here, okay, and I won't say. But I've had people say some horrific things to me. And you know what I sit right back there? And I say some very nice things back to them. Every time, and I would do it on purpose. I said, well, you know what? I love you. Jesus loves you. That's okay. I love you. Do you want, you want some water? How can I bless you? Oh, you oh, are, are, are the cuffs too tight? Okay, let me loosen them up for you a little bit. Now, some of the other guys would be like, they're going to tighten the cuffs up even more. Because no, they're not worried about your comfort. You talking trash to me? No, but I was always like, I just do just the opposite. And, I've been, and I can tell you this. I've been on the force 18 years, all right? I have never, watch this, nobody has, I've never been in a, and I've been in little scuffles here and there, but I've never been in a fight. Nobody will ever challenge me. Now, most people think, well, that's because of your size. No, because usually when, they, when people see big guys like me, they think automatically, oh, you think you're big and bad. You, oh, you won't, okay, now you're ready. Now you're going to bring in the big guy. And right away, I diffuse the situation. I will, I, brother, I come in peace. <laughs> I ain't trying to start nothing, man. I'm just, just here to do my job. You know, and you can call me whatever you want to call me because I know who I am. You know what I'm saying? When you know who you are in God, you don't worry about what people say to you. See, take that and, and walk. When somebody call you names that you don't like, and they say things about you that's not true. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it because you know who you are. You don't have to try to don't worry about it. And so I've always lived by the principle that you sow what you reap, what you sow. So then if you're going to talk a certain way to me, I'm going to, I'm going to sow good. If I want love from you, then I'm going to sow love. If I want your friendship, I'm going to sow friendship to you. You see? If I want peace, I'm going to sow peace. If I want joy in my marriage, then I'm going to sow joy. Now, what a lot of people say is, well, they ain't doing it back to me. They ain't got nothing to do with it. Well, you, you're waiting for them to treat. No, no. You do what God told you to do. Why? Because I got the bag of seed, and you know what I'm doing the bag of seed? I'm planting it right in here. And because I'm planting this thing right in here, it's going to bring forth fruit. And sooner or later, I'm going to get me some love back. <laughs> sooner or later, I'm going to get me some joy back. And every now and then, you know, it's kind of cute. You see me and my wife, we get in a dispute, right? And we get in our little disputes. And yesterday, she got mad at me about something. I ain't telling y'all what it's all about. But she got mad at me, right? This is funny. And when Peggy get mad at me about something, usually I do something stupid or I'm, you know, I'm a little insensitive sometimes. And, you know. So <laughs> we would... I did something stupid, and or I said something stupid, and she didn't like what I said, so she got mad. So and, and so she wanted to, you know, and she wanted to hold on to it, right? She wanted to show me that I didn't appreciate that. I ran up to, her, I gave her a big hug. I said, "Give me a kiss," and I just started, mwah, 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 mwah. and she said, "Ah, da, da. I'm like, mwah, mwah, mwah. And before it was all said and done, you know what? She was laughing with me. Why? What, what did I do? Now I could have sit back and say, "Well, why are you getting mad about that? What's up with you?" You tripping? I mean, what is this all about? Why are you getting all upset about that? I mean, come on. Then what am I? I'm sewing. Look, we're both sewing bad stuff. And look, and nobody going to get delivered. But I just go there. I just diffuse. I say, you know what? I'm going to go give her a big kiss. I ain't going to give her one second. 
She can't do it. She can't stay mad at me long. My daughter tell you that too, and she get mad at she she want, she get mad at my run right there. Give me a kiss. And she running. She get get off of me. Give me a kiss. Kiss me. Kiss me. What am I doing? I'm sowing what I want to get back. You reap what you sow. See, a farmer knows if he sow corn seed, what is he gonna get back? Corn. If he sow collard greens, see, he gonna get back some collard greens. So if you want people to treat you a certain way, you, we want a certain response, then treat people the way that you want them to treat you and watch what happens. Watch what happens. Just, just in here, so I'm not going to let you determine how I'm going to behave. You're not, you, you don't have that much power over me. Don't never let people have that much power over you that they determine how you respond because you hooked up, you yoked up with God, right? So this determines how you respond because this seed has been in my heart. And you know what? And what you see is a person that's filled with the Holy Spirit, a person that's walking in the principles of God, and I'm not letting that stuff get to me. So, so we're done. By way of review, here's what we do. Sow the word into your heart. Everybody, sow the word into your heart. When you hear, I don't care whether it's me, and hopefully it's whatever you hear is true. If it comes from here, it's going to be true. But every time you, you hear the word or you get the word, sow the word into your heart so that it can bring forth fruit. Just coming to church, don't ever be satisfied with just coming to church. Say, I need more. Say, I want to be like Christ. Say, I want this book to work for me. So sow the word. Secondly, sow your time and your resources abundantly. Abundantly. You know, there's, we should be. You know what I like to see in our church? I like to see this in the kingdom of God, that all of us get so excited about wanting to bless and give and, and help others that we offend each other. No, Brother Larry, no, I, you blessed him last week. It's my turn. It's my turn, Larry. No, don't be jumping in front of me. It's my turn to be, be blessed. No, no, not you. It's my, you did it last week. No, no, let me give a blessing. Let me do this. Let me go to their house. Let me do it. Every time you do that, guess what? You're sowing the seed. You know, every, time, every little thing you do for the kingdom of God, you're sowing the seed. So most people think, okay, they want to run away from, I'm going to run away. You, who are you hurting? Because I want to be blessed. So then I'm going to look for every opportunity. Boy, you, want, you need me where? You want me to be where? I'll be there. Why? Because I want to sow into the kingdom. Because I know if I sow into the kingdom, the thing is going to boomerang back to me some kind of way. You know, even at car wash yesterday, and every other thing we've done, Every service, that's going to come back. Somewhere, somehow, fruit is going to come of that. Seeds were sown, and it's going to fall in somebody. Somebody's going to get this thing. And, and I believe that every time I go out, I don't go out there just be thinking, oh, God, let's get this over. No, no, I'm praying the whole time. I'll stand there holding up that sign. One time I looked like a fool because I had to sign up, and nobody was watching me. And, uh, and I, I started working on my golf swing, right? And I did this with the sign. And the car drove up. I'm like, oh, here. Oh, oh, car wash, car wash. I thought, man, how stupid you look. <laughs> that was funny. But the whole time, you know, I was up there. I was standing in the hot sun. I was praying. I said, Lord, please. Lord, 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 give us a harvest. I said, Lord, I'm sowing. Brother Larry, you sowed. And I know last time you thought to yourself, the thing got canceled. And, oh, man, I did all this work, brother. The Bible says that you can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Because everything you do for Christ, it ain't never for nothing. It ain't never for nothing. So you're going to get the return on it. You're going to get the return on it. Amen? Did y'all receive that this morning? Did it make sense to you? Now go and plant seed and expect a harvest. And I want you to come back and tell me about how God bless you.